Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. If you are a CRNA, a busy mom, or a busy CRNA mom, or a woman looking to permanently lose weight, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Brittany Kolb from Weight Loss by Brittany. I'm a busy CRNA mom and certified life and weight loss coach. And like you, I not so long ago struggled to lose the weight and keep it off. But once I shifted my mindset and learned how I could use my brain to reach my weight loss goals, everything changed. I was able to lose 40 pounds and knew I had to share the secret with others. I'm here to help you achieve your permanent weight loss goals by uncovering what might be holding you back. Let's get started. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you guys. I am here with one of my amazing friends, Mariko Gordon, and I'm having like, oh, she's just, she's amazing. We met in the life coach school. We certified together. I could never give her a good enough introduction because she is just amazing. She has her own coaching business. Um, but I'm serious, you guys. Her skill set, her knowledge base, her worldview, her life experience makes her equipped to tackle and help so many people in a variety of ways. She helps people with their businesses, their money, and all the brain work that goes into making all of that very, very, very successful for them. But Mariko, tell me, just say hi, introduce yourself. I'm never going to do a good enough job telling everybody how amazing oh you God. are. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm the one with like the butterflies in my stomach because I'm how the hell am I going to live up to that billing? Um, She's so anyway, amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. <laughs> and it's been a year ago. I can't believe that it's been, yeah. it's been, we started the program in July, late July. So um, a lot of water under that bridge for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just give you the, the 32nd version. I was an institutional money manager for over 30 years. Uh, I built my own money management firm as a small cap stock picker. Uh, running a concentrated portfolio for public pension funds, corporate funds, foundations, that kind of thing. And um, I started my firm in 95 and I closed it in 2019. And so this is my second career being a money coach, a business mentor, um, the Swiss army knife of all things money, basically, <laughs> wherever mm-hmm. people need help, there I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun, it's really interesting. And I've learned a lot, as I know you have too, and, you know, I've had a kind of similar weight loss journey that you and I have kind of bonded over in the past. Yeah. So I think I can, I can speak to that part of it as well, too, you know. So yeah. I'm delighted to talk I'm about so the I'm so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. So Mariko and I, we like, she, you guys, she has, I mean, you were one of my very first business coaches, marketing, money. Uh, mental health, all of the things. I mean, Rico has helped me in so many ways as I've built um, this business, helping you all. And again, I cannot thank you enough for everything that you've done. But we were talking and like early on, we were like, you know what? We need to do a podcast on the parallels between like the way that we think about food and weight loss and the way that we think about money and kind of like, because we were seeing a lot of similarities with our clients and even our own personal journeys and our struggle with weight and I know and and money as well and I know so many things even as we were building as she was helping me with my business like I was like oh my gosh I think the same way about food as I do about money like and we're going to go into all of these things and it's I mean 
where should we start? Because we were like, okay, we need to do a podcast on this eventually. And now Mariko is like an yeah. incredible celebrity coach. And I'm like, okay, we're well, still going to be in my podcast. That'd be so great. So, um, so I think, you know, one of the first things I know that my clients come to me with is, um, and the, one of the things that I was doing, and I think I was also doing with, with money was, was this whole concept of buffering, which we learned about in the life coach school. And that's like, when you have a negative emotion, you don't want to feel it. And for myself and for my weight loss clients, and even with money, it's like, you eat something in order to make that negative emotion go away and not have to feel it. And then I think too, you can do the same thing with money. Like you can, you can have a negative emotion and then you can very quickly go buy something like retail therapy so that you don't have to feel that way anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that the phrase retail therapy is in our lexicon is, is really interesting because we, we think of it as shopping as a, as medicine. Right. Mm. And, um, and, and that, that will, that will make us feel better, but it's a dopamine hit, right. Of the sort of that, that you just acquired the shiny, bright, new red thing or whatever. Um, and it can be used, we can use money uh, as a way not to feel our emotions. And we usually misuse it in the same way we, when we try to do that with food, we also tend not to do it the right way. Right. We tend to misuse mm-hmm. it. We're not going out there and pounding down the kale. Right. Right. You know, yeah. We think about it. Cake, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We think about it. Like we're doing something nice for ourselves. Like we're doing something to support right. ourselves. But like when you're overspending money, like, yeah, you know, to feel better or when you're overeating food to feel better long term yeah. it might seem like like a, a like a nice consequence in the short term but for the long term mm-hmm. that might not be giving mm-hmm. you the results that you really want even though it seems so harmless at the time even though you're like I'm doing something nice like is that really truly nice for yourself like is that right. really especially with like the food and yeah i mean i think i think we just kind of like one of the things we were talking about before we started recording this was like, like this concept of like, I think the way that you, Mariko, you said it better. You, you, the, how like you regard money and food is like also a reflection of how you regard yourself. Like you said it so much better. So let's just like dive right into that because I think we just thought of so many amazing parallels there. So. Yeah. So, yeah, one of the things that struck me is just that your relationship with money is your relationship with yourself. So if you, um, you know, if you want to sort of, if you have a masochistic relationship to yourself, if you want to punish yourself, right, uh, the way you might, you know, exert a lot of control and, and, and do that, maybe, you know, you stop eating or you, you really, you know, that comes, the, the not eating is a way of punishing yourself the same way that, you know, some people use not spending and budgeting like very kind of excessive budgeting um that and budgeting can sort of take all the joy out of life if you let it right uh Mm -hmm. almost like in a punitive way and in the same way that we can do you know if binge eating we can do binge spending and Mm -hmm. it same kind of the harm to your point like where you buy the nice blouse and it feel better in the moment but if you keep doing that the same way that if you keep making yourself feel better by eating the chocolate cake, 
mm-hmm. over and over again, it has a, compounding, a negative compounding effect. So we're sacrificing, but our brains are very wired to like be very short-term pleasure oriented. And so we will sacrifice our long-term benefits of health and, and financial stability for the short-term need. And that need, I think, is that sort of hungry ghost of that we're not feeling okay about ourselves. So we need to we need to try to 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 sort of scratch that itch of inadequacy. And we do it with food, we do it with money, we do it with sex. But it's mm, always the mm-hmm. itch of being requiring to be scratched. Mm-hmm. So you know, the the hard work is to sit with the itch long enough to really get in touch with it, and the feeling will pass. I know that's something mm-hmm. that, that you teach as part of your program, right? You just kind of, and you can also allow for it because it's a very human thing and you should have nice things. You should have that blouse that you want, but it should come from that energy. That's not the energy of feeding the itch of scarcity to mix a metaphor. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. Right? Yeah, I like, for, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, or like, right. Like, it's like, it's like you have this urge because like, I have to have it because I must have it because it's like, I need it right now. Cause if I don't have it, then I'm going to feel deprived or I'm going to feel, you know, like, I don't know what the other word is. I was just thinking it like lost my, lost my mind, but yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like being able to sit with that urge and yes. not give into it, not give into the sale, not give into the the thing. Because honest, but it's so funny, right? Is like even with my clients, my weight loss clients, it's like, yeah, you know. And when I just like felt it for a little bit, it just kind of went away, and then it wasn't a problem. Like when you leave the restaurant and you didn't get dessert, and then you get in the car, it's like five minutes later, it's not an issue. You leave right. the store right. and you didn't buy the extra pair of shoes, like it's a non-issue. Right. It's like, but it's like being willing to sit with that for long enough to know that you don't have to feed it with dopamine every single time. Every single time. Yep. Yeah. That is just that, that urge is the way I describe it. It's kind of like a tug outside of your body, like coming from, you know, tugging at some feeling, some energy inside of you that's being like pulled out of your, out of you. And when you, it's like you're, like you're a fish on a, on a hook. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so when you kind of recognize that energy, then that's a really good time to just sort of stop and go, Ooh, what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. I think that's so, so, so good. Cause right. Cause eating like, like we think about joy eats and we think about like, like being very intentional with spending your money on something that you really, really want. Like uh-huh. buying that blouse, like and you already kind of said this, like buying that blouse from a place of like, I love this. I want this for myself. This is very intentional and I am going to save my money and make this purchase and enjoy the fuck out of this blouse is totally different than like, I feel horrible and I need to go buy something right now. Same with the chocolate cake, like sitting down with like your most amazing baker in your town, getting this warm chocolate cake and enjoying the fuck out of it because it's something that you wanted and it was planned and it comes from a total place of joy totally two totally different spaces yeah two totally different outcomes and two totally different pleasure cycles too one's super intentional right. one you're just feeding the beast you're like either feeding right. like the urge cycle or you're feeding the dopamine cycle or whatever it is like you are feeding something that perpetually is not going to give you the result you want whereas like when you're very intentional about it 
you you just the entire experience is like so much better. It's like when you were a little kid and you were like saving money for a bike, and you're like right. it's so much better when you like were super intentional about it and you like saved up your money and then you got to buy it and it's like yes, I made this happen. You got to buy exactly the bike that you wanted, you know, with yeah. the bell and the, the ribbons, or you know, right. um, yeah. I think it makes a it makes a big difference. I think. Um, part of the thing too, and, and this is important because I think a lot of people can, can think that money, that being in right relationship with money, like being in right relationship with food means that you can't spend, like there's a, there's a, can be like a, a scarcity mindset around it. Mm. And really the point about having a rich and full life is to be able to enjoy your money. So, you know, there are, there are, uh, so to your point around the blouse, right? If, if, and so I love, so there's a TikTok influencer. Right? She was a lawyer and intellectual property lawyer. I think her name is like CC Shea or something. And she talks about like taking her bonus and then, um, you know, using most of it to pay off student loans, put some in savings. And then she takes some percentage. I don't know if it's five or 10%. And then she goes and, you know, goes to the Chanel store because she wanted to get a Chanel bag. And that was her reward for working hard and earning this bonus. And it's so healthy because it isn't don't spend the money on a purse, right? It's mm -hmm. that it's it's spent with 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 joy, right? Mm -hmm. And intentionality. So uh and and I think that's an important thing that people who might be worried about thinking about their money and their spending the same way they might be worried about, wow, you know, am I going to have to think about my food? Am I going to, you know, am I going to have to be crazy about counting calories? You know, that kind of thing. They might be worried about that. And really it's about setting up a way of thinking so that you're much freer to actually really enjoy yourself because you're not thinking bullshit thoughts and you're not depriving yourself you're in right, healthy relationship with yourself. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're taking care of yourself, both the joy part and the responsibility part, you know, like the healthy part of the body and the part of your sensual part of your body that needs to, to feel alive, right? Mm -hmm. And we can do that when you do that with, with, with food too. But it's all about the way you think about it. You change the all way you think about food. Yes. You change yeah. your relationship with food you change your life, right? Yeah. And when your brain, I mean, I think we're just so used to having our brain be inundated with, well, what should I do with my money? How should I spend it? Where should I invest it? What should I do? How many calories should I eat? What, how many macros should I eat? Like all this bullshit. And it's just like, how about we just like yeah. eat food when we're, we're hungry and just think about it that way and yeah. nourish our body with healthy food and then just stop eating when we're satisfied. And then just like, don't overeat and don't eat to buffer away emotions. It's like, that's it. Right. But like, but if you don't think yeah, that way, really right, if you don't think right. that way and it's, and, and you overcomplicate things and, and you make it so much more than it isn't because that's not the way we're, we're wired people. That's not the way we're wired at all. We're wired for the dopamine. We're wired for all that stuff. But if we just think about it differently, then it simplifies everything and you get to enjoy everything so much more. Like you said. I feel like you say these things and it just sounds so beautiful and I'm like trying to keep up with you, but you're so much more cerebral than I, I mean, this girl went to Princeton, you guys, like she's like real legit. Okay. I am like 
hello <laughs> i am Brittany. anyway um no. so yeah no i think it's 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 totally and i think that's what you really help people with in your coaching practice and that's what she helped me with so much when she coached me like trying and still coaches me just like that it's just unblocking so much of the scarcity and the stewardship thoughts and i mean it 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 makes so much sense to me that I would think about money that way. Like I had so many issues with scarcity around money. I had so many issues with like, with um, not being really sure what to do with it and like looking for things outside of myself to really guide me when, you know, I had so much internal wisdom and the same thing I had to deal with, with food too. It's like, it's so funny how they paralleled each other so much. Same thing with like, you know, I want to go back to our, the how you regard yourself because I had one other parallel, but I was thinking about how mm-hmm. like, you know, with um with food, for example, how I would never allow myself that really nice whatever mm-hmm. it was, this like nice mm-hmm. cookie, this nice right. whatever, like really a thing I really wanted, which would be some sort of delicious something or other. So instead I would eat like half a box of snack wells in the name of like, well, there's no fat. So it's like not a big deal. So I can eat these snack wells, devil's food cake cookies, even though like the caloric hit is like probably way worse than getting the thing that I really wanted. And like, I do the same, I was doing the same thing with, with my finances and with buying stuff like rather than buying the nice pair of viore joggers i would buy four other things that were on sale which i still liked but not as much as i really would have wanted viore joggers and i still don't have them by the way and (laughs) and bought these other things spent more money right because it's like it's like i didn't feel like i was deserving of the viore joggers i didn't feel like i was deserving of the nice cookie or the nice piece of cake Mm -hmm. that was from this really nice bakery and i knew i would have enjoyed the fuck out of it but you know what i was deserving of like the things that were on clearance the things that i don't even know that i got in my right size but i just wanted them anyway and the thing that was going to you know like that i was going to overeat instead and not yeah. enjoy as much. I mean, I, mean, the, I mean, this is the thing. Like, and, and you and I have talked about this before. We map certain thought patterns that are exact match food and, mm-hmm. and money. So, so this, the, the, the example that you gave is really perfect, right? Because there's that rule in your head that you don't deserve to buy the thing at full price, that there's something irresponsible about spending for for those joggers at full price when there were all these other things there but they weren't what you really wanted right so it's kind of like back to your relationship with yourself right do you deserve to get what you want not what is the responsible thing or what or what the thing that you should do you mm-hmm. know and and the same way with the cookie right can you just own and accept the desire that you really want that extremely decadent, you know, cookie, or you're like, no, I don't deserve it. I'm going to eat the sort of the, the crappy, but then I'm going to end up the same way you end up spending the same amount for like four things that you kind of don't really 
as much that you don't really, really want. You don't really, really desire. You're going to end up spending as much, but it, it's okay. It's on sale, right? right? The same way that you're going to end up like with more, more calories or more, and worse nutrition, right? But it's okay. They're snack well cookies. They're not the, you know, Levant chocolate chip, three pound, you know, monstrosity of delight, right? So, so it's the same thing. So back to your relationship with yourself, like, it's okay for you to, right? A lot of people grow up with this, like never buy anything retail, you know, never pay full price. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck not? <laughs> right. Know? Especially because like if you you're- don't what you want, you're going to buy five things half price and you'll satisfy that rule, but your soul isn't satisfied. So you're going to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to eat a whole box of Snackwell's cookies instead exactly. of eating the thing that you really wanted. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's like, because we're not taught. So I would say this is another thing. We're like super socialized, A, often not to really be in touch with our desires. So sometimes we don't really know what we want. So we don't really know what we feel. So we don't really know what's wrong, right? Because if we mm-hmm. do that, that does put a responsibility on us to actually take action that's in line with the truth, our truth. So I think part of it is, is we really get conditioned in so many different ways. There's societal messages. There's also family system stuff, but there's a lot of stuff around like what we really want just doesn't matter or no one's curious about it. Or if we express it, it gets shut down and slammed down or whatever. And, you know, there's only so much of that kind of rejection we can take. Right. So then we Mm -hmm. stop taking the time to really honor, I think, what we really desire and then take action to honor that. Mm-hmm. When we don't do that, I think we end up causing ourselves harm financially and, you know, with our health. And I know the mindset thing because, you know, um, I had a, this weird experience. I think it was because of menopause, actually, where I woke up one day with the brain of a skinny person. <laughs> Is how I describe it. And it was the strangest thing because it was seriously, it was like, you know, as though like aliens had kidnapped my brain or something. You know, I could walk by a box of donuts with complete indifference. I could, I was, you know, only, I didn't have that sort of emotional hunger. You know, I was only like physically hungry. I actually craved, it lasted a few days, you know, I actually wanted to eat tofu, you know, and it was just a strange, but I thought, oh my God, like, it's really this easy because you're just moving through the world differently because the stuff doesn't like, it just doesn't, the, the, the overeating that it it just like didn't happen (laughs) because those urges weren't there because the thoughts weren't there it was like sort of like that in science fiction movie the tractor beam on the spaceship you know yeah something you know like like there was no the donuts had no tractor beam right none of the food the bad food psychology had a tractor beam anymore and I thought it's this easy this is like what the you know what I I call the brain of a skinny person it's like yeah it's just because it's kind of like it's grounded it's in touch with its desires right and it doesn't mean it's not looking at the donuts and going, oh, poison, right? And then it's not going to them and going, ah, oh, help me feel better, right? It could be cement. <laughs> it's completely inert. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of donuts. And, and that was such a fascinating realization for me to realize that it's, it really is that. And 
I think actually hypnosis can be really helpful with that too. Just mm-hmm. to kind of mess with the unconscious enough to kind of let go with some of that. But it was really, I mean, seriously, it's like I woke up and I was like, what happened to me? Um, and then what and happened? Then, did you I just stay that way? way. <laughs> <laughs> I went away and then I started calling to me again. <laughs> but so this is the other thing. I, again, with menopause and also the stress, the last few years of my business were very stressful. You know, I gained a lot of weight, right? So I was where I think I, I, I maxed out like 209 or something. And I'm like scraping 5'4", 5'3 and a half. No like way. That. Oh, yeah. No, I gained a lot of weight. And um You've never given me hard numbers. So I'm just, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, Mm -hmm. and I, I had developed insulin resistance. So I wasn't like officially pre-diabetic, but I was like Mm -hmm. on the verge of being. And for whatever reason, like, which wasn't exactly new news, but somehow like I woke up and smelled the coffee and I just went on a, I just started eating low carb, you know, and I felt so much better doing that. And um, and I lost a lot of weight just very gradually, very steadily, just from eating eating a healthy diet. And and um, and that made so it wasn't not quite as easy as waking up with the brain of a skinny person, right? Because it takes effort, and you realize like how we're so surrounded with food messages, mm-hmm. and how hard it is to actually eat a low processed carb diet i mean just you know mm-hmm. like like never mind keto n- never mind anything extreme but just that like if you really to to have to eat whole foods can, mm-hmm. can actually be hard you know i mean sandwiches are easy but like bread is not so great for people like me you know right, right. so it was just really interesting anyway so i do think it's all in the head and if we can support uh, how we think and change how we think, then it is easy. Cause I know of your, your journey, I mean, I, cause I lost like 45, 50 pounds maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you have a similar journey and I know that, you know, cause if you're obsessing over the food, that's also not healthy. Mm-hmm. It just should be like breathing. Right. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and money can be the same way our relationship with money can be the same way where, where we know that kale is healthier for you than Oreos. Right. Mm-hmm. right? So it's just that we have to sort of, you know, arrange our life so that more kale available to us in delicious ways and that we cultivate our palate so that we really appreciate kale. So it's not like, Oh my God, kale again. It's just like, you actually look forward to eating kale. You know. Yeah, I mean, I could go to a pizza, a good New York City pizza parlor, <laughs> with my cousin and watch her eat pizza, and I'd be eating their sauteed broccoli, which they did an amazing job with, and I was perfectly happy. Yeah, and, like we, we can do that. We can, yeah, do, we can get to that place, right? Yeah, and we, we can, can get your brain there. <laughs> yeah, like we can get your brain to the place where like making those decisions for yourself is actually the decision you want to be making and you choose to be making and you know serves you better than the decision to be, you know, eating pizza, which you can also eat a pizza, but it's in a way that is, again, like you choose to do it and it's intentional and if it serves your body well and it makes you feel good. But like, yeah, actually getting to that 
point, that alien brain point, if you don't, if you're not born with that brain, if you don't develop that brain, it is, it does kind of seem like what I am this person that goes to a New York City like pizzeria <laughs> and I eat sauteed broccoli. Like, who am I? Like, what is this? I eat, fr- I eat fruit for dessert. Like, what is this <laughs> world we're living in? Like, and it is, it's the world that you actually create for yourself when mm-hmm. I think you. Mm-hmm you learn to treat your body like a temple and support it really well with like really nutritious food and, and, and are willing to check in with yourself as to like where all of your belief systems came with food and, and be willing to support yourself emotionally, not with not using food and not, not buffering with food, but being really able to, to, to be supportive of yourself and have your own back. And it's, it's, it's a different world. It's a different world, but we can get you there. It's what we do here in coaching and same with money. Like you can be in a place where you're not obsessing with money all the time and you're not sure what to do with it. And you're, and your, your value isn't tied to, numbers in your bank account and what you spent or what you didn't spend. Like, right. Like there's like so much of that too. Like how much of your value is tied to a number either on the scale or a number that Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. to see in your accounts. Like you said, you talk about how like you're developing an entire class Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. the stewardship of money. Explain. Cause again, I'm never going to do it justice. (laughs) Go, go, Mariko. <laughs> well, I I will in in a second, but I wanted to come back to something you said around treating your body like a temple, right? Because if you treat your body like a temple, then you're in that process recognizing your own divinity, right? Mm. And this girl, and that's what I mean you. about being in relationship with yourself, though. Do you see what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take care of your temple, like uh, I don't know, the Vestal Virgins took care of the temple that they were responsible for, right? Or the way that Zen monks take care of the temple in which they're they they live, or Tibetan monks, the monks, right? It it's the 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 body is that temple that's getting that's being taken care of. You're honoring your own divinity in the process. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that that's that's being in right relationship with yourself, not like in a sort of arrogant, you know, right? Uh, uh, you know, like Louis the Fourteenth, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm the Sun King and uh but but it's and I think that that's important like when we start to feel that love that that Mm -hmm. uh, acts small acts of devotion to ourselves Mm -hmm. right um whether it's food or money we are it allows us to access um a, a healthy kind of affection for ourselves so that the mm-hmm. self-judgment, the shaming, the negative self-talk, you know, goes away. Like we need to be compassionate with ourselves and, and, and be accepting of our, of ourselves flaws and all, right? mm-hmm. which doesn't mean we get to sort of be jerks, right? We, we get to make things right when we behave in jerky ways, but we don't hate ourselves for behaving in jerky ways occasionally. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to sort of point that out because when you said body temple, I was like, aha, yes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, speaking her language. You guys, she's so like, she's this girl is brilliant. I'm telling you. I'm like, you are like, yeah. No, I will, right? Like, she takes it to this like super cerebral level, and I'm just like, 
What? Yes, I agree with you. I think if I was to paraphrase for um, people that are not on your level, which I wish I, I want to be on your level, um, right? It's, 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 I think I, and I think I've spoken about this too. And like, even some of my social media stuff, like, I'm like, I don't fuck around with like shitty wine. I don't fuck around with any food that I don't like. Like I'm not treating myself that way anymore. Like I spent way too long putting food in my body. I didn't really enjoy. I spent way too long stuffing my face and treating myself so poorly. Mm -hmm. And like, I think when you do change your brain to wanting to only do the most wonderful and supportive things for yourself, it is like such, it is this level of self-love that I don't think I ever ever had for myself until I went through this journey. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. Like, I I don't do that to myself anymore. Like, and I think it's something that is part of, I mean, it really is part of the process. And I think it's a place where at least I know my clients like get to it. It's like, yeah, no, like I'm not doing that to myself anymore. I'm not eating half of Papa John's pizza and calling that fun anymore. Like I'm not doing it. Like I'm not... (laughs) You know, it wasn't fun. It really wasn't fun, right? Like it wasn't like, I don't know what that was, but it's like, that's not how we show up for ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, like you talk about, like, we're also going to like, if we do something too, that we don't really want that we, that we, that we don't want to do again in the future, rather than being like, fuck this. I am the worst. I could never do this. Like I'm not doing this anymore. And just like tearing ourselves apart. It's like, instead we learn to love ourselves enough to learn from the process and move forward with the process and, and figure out what was really going on for us and how we can better support ourselves in the future and really learn. I mean, so much of this is about self-care. So much of this is about like, as well, like, what am I looking for? I mean, I was listening to a buffering call um, with, with LCS and she was talking, I think it was Martha. So I need to credit her because this is not my idea. This is her idea. She was like, you know, what am I looking for when my kids have gone to bed and I'm looking for some peanut butter? And it's just like, all you're looking for is like a moment of relief, like your yeah. moment of, of a deep breath, maybe like a nice walk outside or just like looking up at the right. stars or doing something else like, like to really care for yourself in that moment, as opposed mm-hmm. to eating food to support yourself in that moment. And like, that is self-love. Like that is you supporting yourself. That is you treating yourself like a temple. That is you, that is you just, just loving the hell out of yourself. And Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to do that without food, because you've never learned how, it's like you get to learn how in this process, which is so amazing. And then like, Mm -hmm. let's, I mean, I'm also like, if we relate that to, oh wait, we need to talk about your class. So now we're talking about your class because right, it's like, we're talking about like how, like (laughs) looking at certain things and then provide like assigning value to it, you know, and assigning like, it's like, just talk, Mariko. You're going to explain this better than me. Go. Okay. Well, so one of the things that you had touched on was this idea that we we weaponize numbers, right? So the mm-hmm. numbers on the scale, rather than just being data, are like a judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the same way numbers in a bank account can be a, a judgment, right? And um, so 
we often, and numbers are used, right? We credit scores, zip codes are used for redlining. I mean, like we we can, we numbers have been weaponized in a lot of different ways. And then we've turned them into, we make meaning out of them, right? And, and then we use them to judge ourselves. So one way that I, one thing that I noticed as a coach was that there were a lot of people who are actually really good business owners. I mean, they ran their mm-hmm. business as well, but they really weren't comfortable with what I call the love language of, of their, of their businesses, which is their financial statements. Like with the, 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 not that they had to do the accounting because they usually have bookkeepers, but, but that they weren't really comfortable. They either dreading looking at them or they would just look at them quickly, or they just weren't comfortable spending time with them and there's an intimacy that you can develop with 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 your financials your business financials your personal financials too but in this case this class i'm teaching is for business owners to to um get to really understand because it, it it's just a story i was a comparative literature major in college right i love stories and numbers just tell a story in a business. And so the corollary that I, I, I use is that if your kid shows up with a fever of 103, right, you don't automatically assume that you're a failure as a parent or that your child is a loser. Right? You go, mm-hmm. wow. Right? You get curious. How long has this been going on? Has it been, you know, is it going up? Is it going down? Are there any other symptoms with this? Do we go to the emergency room? Do we just call the doctor tomorrow? Right. I'm definitely a bad parent. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's where I that's where my brain goes. I'm like, oh I'm a terrible parent. I definitely (laughs) missed something here. How did I miss this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. That's where your brain goes. But yeah, you're like, no, 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 let's turn out, let's let's just figure out what's going on. It's just like you're curious about it. It doesn't right. It's Mm -hmm. not right. You can because fevers happen for many reasons, right? And they can happen very suddenly. So it's not like your kid's been walking around for months with a fever of 103 and you haven't noticed, right? It's just like, oh, all right, you got a fever. Let's figure it out. So mm-hmm. business owners can do that with their business, but they often don't because it's like, oh my God, sales are down 5%, I'm such a loser, you know, or what happened to the money, right? And if you get to really get familiar, it's like being in love with an Italian and never bothering to learn any Italian, right? Wouldn't you want to learn the language of the, the person you were in relationship with that you loved? Right. So um, learn. So my class is for business owners to develop financial intimacy with their businesses, because I think so many of them are amazing business people and they have this whole other realm um, of 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 intimacy that they could have with their business that they're turning their their backs to. And they can also learn to listen and also learn how to respond. So it's um it's a way of translating all the numbers and what to look for to how to be curious by sort of de de militarizing <laughs> numbers and and uh turning them into stories and as a result you just make more grounded decisions it's the same way with the food when the donuts don't speak to you they're just donuts right then you're 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 um making decisions based on am i hungry now do i need calories you know is this my best option? You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and how much do I really like jelly donuts? You know, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you can make better business decisions. You can make them faster. You can make them from a grounded place. And that the numbers, there's also this fear that like, oh, 
the bean counters are going to tell me I'm doing it wrong or I should do it this way or that way. And, you know, it's your business. It's your party. You get to smash the piñata however you want, right? That's part of the joy of having your own business. But having, being able to sort of go, well, what would happen if I did it this way or that way? Or what would the impact be? It just allows you to make decisions from a place of ease and grace because you're coming at it from curiosity. You're not coming at it from, from fear or paralysis or insecurity or discomfort. Like, ooh, I don't really understand that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's fortunate because I think in the world of finance, certainly, you know, I saw it as a, as a professional investor, you know, there can be such an emphasis placed on, um, you know, shareholder value, say, that a business is living is a living, dynamic, breathing thing. Um, you have employees, you have vendors, right? You have customers, you have regulators, you're living in an ecosystem. And um, it's, it's just a very alive thing. And I also believe mm-hmm. that business can be your deepest creative expression as well, uh, kind of performance art. So your business can be a full expression of your soul of your creativity and I think sometimes in the world of finance it can be so focused on um, just maximizing the bottom line mm-hmm. without thinking about the whole ecosystem and all the stakeholders that you can sort of um, if you focus too much on one stakeholder right you can kill the whole ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, and I think we have an opportunity to think about how we do business, how we do capitalism differently in a way that is more sustainable, regenerative, um, less extractive, less exploitative, right? And if you actually, you can do a better job of that if you're really in touch with your numbers, not like Mm -hmm. that you know how to decode them necessarily, but just that you're in touch with kind of the flow of the business and how it cycles and what's expanding and what's contracting and why, you know, like a, like Mm -hmm. a whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, that's a very long way of saying that's the class I'm going to be teaching is sort of um, financial intimacy for business owners so that they can fall back in love with their businesses. They can sort of, you know, um, know how to listen and know how to, how to respond. I think That's I need to be awesome. able to that elevator pitch, though. <laughs> no, I really liked that. That was great. I want the whole thing all over again. Make a video of that and tell everybody about it because I think it's such a great thing. Well, I think so many of us, I mean, even, right, like, I mean, the thing that I really held on to there, I mean, so many amazing things, but like when you make decisions from a place of fear or like mm-hmm. scarcity, like you don't make the right decision, <laughs> you know, like, like, so when if you're looking at your yeah. portfolio or your numbers or your business stuff and make all of a sudden, like the stuff you're going to start generating from a marketing perspective, from the way you interact with customers, from the way that you, I mean, I don't know all the businesses that you're helping people with. There's so many of them, like whatever it is that they're focusing on, like it is from this like needy, graspy, horrible, not helpful, great, like place. Right. But like when it comes from like, you know, like when it comes from, I don't know, a different place of like, like, like a more of curiosity, like, Oh, like what was I doing when this was happening? Like it just, it's totally different. And me even talking with you right now, it's like making, it's, it's reminding me of like, so many things I've learned from 
coaching. It's just everything. It The thought has to be there, right? Because your thought about it drives your feelings, which drives your actions, which gives you the results. And if your thought is, oh, fuck, I have no money. Your result is, oh, fuck, I have no money. Like generally speaking, like that's what it's going to be. That's what's going to the, the, the sequelae is that like it's yeah. like the thought almost right. matches. And it's and and so it makes perfect sense that we have to like you. I mean, I don't know that you've mentioned this yet. We we talked for like 30 minutes before we started reporting this podcast because we had to catch up. But like like you know, just calming down your sympathetic nervous system, calming down your trauma response, mm-hmm. like is so important when you're trying to move forward and make different decisions for your business and what's best for your business and yourself and your clients and the people you're trying to help. And right. It's, it's got to calm that down, calm down. Yeah, the stress. We can't, the, the change change requires a brain that is feeling that's open and flexible that sort of has that neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. and can't be in fight or flight you know or paralysis or fallen or or you know um freeze response because our brain is not open to suggest you know and our brain's very efficient it likes to just do things in a very have its routine thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Where it doesn't have to process those on autopilot. So it mm-hmm. needs to be open to really be mm-hmm. able to change. And so it has to be calm and safe. That's when that's when it can learn best and do mm-hmm. all of that. So because when we're in fight or flight, we we get hyper focused. I mean, literally our field of vision gets narrower, right? We're we're not, this is not the time when we're, you know, when we feel threatened is not the time that we're going to be open to new things. Mm-hmm. Anyways, doing, like any of this change, we really need to develop back what we were talking about, that self-acceptance, that compassion. And be able to sort of be curious and stay in our feeling and the discomfort of, you know, the same way that the way that we're raised to how we, you know, food was used when we were small to, oh, you're feeling sad, have a cookie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or that, you know, the holidays, it would be, you know, you had to overeat or like people would be mad at you. Right? <laughs> how could you not finish your plate? Right. Yeah. You know, like I slaved for hours over this. How could you not like this? Right. And that, that can be right. Food is guilt. So we have the same, um, same money scripts. Right. And so in order for us to kind of change how we think, um, we have to be, we have to sort of recognize what they are. And, and when we see them like that rule, like that, that, right. That you get internalized of like, I don't like, I can't buy anything that's not on sale, you know, mm-hmm. or some people, I know someone who can't go into a TJ Maxx and spend more than $10 because that's all they were allowed to, to, to spend mm-hmm. um, growing up. But this is idea that if you spend more than that, that's, you can't like bad things will happen to you. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so we just have to, the first step that you have to take towards change is just is, is awareness and self-acceptance to create the safety that then allow you to be able to sort of see the truth of what's in front of you, right? 60 pounds overweight. And, you know, I, if I'm not, well, I'm going to, 
develop diabetes and a chronic health problem, right? Okay, <laughs> you know, that's a reality that like, I'm not ready to see, right? Which then lets me take action where all of a sudden I'm eating broccoli and I'm actually really happy eating broccoli because my body feels good on it. And, and I'm honoring myself, right? I'm not mm-hmm. harming myself. And, and, but that's a cycle, like it's acceptance, that which le- the acceptance lets you see, how, develop clarity, which lets you then take action that's in alignment and right relationship with, with, with your true self. So that's kind of the yes. way I found that every pattern of change goes through that. One more and then, time. And so you take action and then you're back to, you've got to accept the outcomes, the results of that action. So we're always going through a cycle, right? So you said acceptance, so and thinking, mm-hmm. right? So that's part of like, um, you got to be willing to feel the feels. So like finding out what's your, what's, what your net worth really is. Like how much is that student loan after all? Mm-hmm. What is that balance? You know, what is that credit card balance, right? Like we don't want to know. But when you're like, okay, you know, it's 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 going to be okay. I accept, you know, you just have to kind mm-hmm. of be willing to sit with the discomfort that might come up. That allows you to actually see clearly what's going on. So either what's going on inside of you or what's going on outside of you, like what you're, wow, that's a lot of debt. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I need, you know, cause you can't decide, you can't take right action. If you don't know what your student loan balance is or what your credit card balance is, or you can't take right action, like asking for a raise or looking for another job. When you mm-hmm. realize like I really should be earning more. Right. Cause like, you know, people with my level of experience, whatever, you know, right. That kind of thing. And then that allows you to take action, but it's the same way. Like, yeah, you don't get on the scale. (laughs) You're like, you're like, I don't even know what I'm dealing with right now. And then like, once you deal with it, you're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I see. Some people really, you know, and I don't know what the schools of thought are and the weight loss thing, but for me, my weighing myself every time, you know, when I wake up in the morning, it's, I don't do it from a shame thing. I just do it as like, it's a data point to just kind of let me know what's going on in my body. Cause we've talked about this sometimes, right. You, you know, you eat ham, you, you know, you gain 50 pounds of water, you know, yeah. whatever. Right? So it's very variable, but it helps you to kind of, I just find like, it's a, it's, it's more like a ritual touchstone of honoring the temple, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's kind of like seeing oh the, do the temple gutters need to be cleaned out right I mean it's just kind of like it's an honoring thing not a shaming thing mm-hmm. but I know for some people it's like oh no don't don't wait yourself every day but it's only if you make it like a thing mm-hmm. I think it's just yeah if it's if... I weigh myself just to see because you know if it's kind of consistently creeping up a little bit might be like all right what's going on am I eating more am I you know is it water is it just cycles like it doesn't it's not like a giant flare goes up but it's just a way for me to say you know it's like taking I don't actually take my blood pressure every day but as I get older I probably will it's just get touch point it's just data right but it's yeah. data it's a way of reminding yourself I care about myself I care yeah. about myself you know? that's a great way to think about it Mariko like I care about myself yeah. like am I doing okay like like I know early on in my journey when I was weighing myself daily, 
one of the best ways for me to know if I was kind of engaging in some additional buffering or overeating activities was to like jump on the scale. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, this is interesting. You know what? I think I, I think I might be doing a little bit more buffering than I was before. What is really going on for me? And that's when I knew I needed to like get my ass coached or go coach myself or figure out what was going on. Right. It was a way to honor the temple and serve myself well, not in like a punitive way, but in a way to better support myself. Right. And, and learn to touch in with myself and get connected with myself to figure out what's really going on. Not in a punitive like way to right. self-loathe, but in just a way to like, how can I make sure, sh- am I doing okay? Right. Let's check in. Right. Yeah. How, am I doing exactly. okay? You know? Yeah. And, I, and I think any act, right, like that can be, depends on the mindset in which we do it. Mm-hmm. Because you can have a hundred people weigh themselves every morning and a hundred people are going to have a hundred different feelings, thoughts and feelings about it. Right. But it's, it's how you do it. That is whether it's going to help you or hurt you. Right. So if you weaponize weight against you and then, then this is the cycle, right. You know, then it's like, Oh my God, I've done this. Ah, I hate myself. You know, then you go, then you're more likely to eat. Because what the hell, I already gained a pound or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Whatever the mind drama is. And then you go out and, and you eat that. Or you go out and you you know, you know spend money on the bus because you think it's going to make you feel better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or because it's on sale, so it's okay, right? Because I already blew the budget. Fuck right, it. right. I already <laughs> blew the budget. Blow it hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the tray of brownies, right? And, and, you know, it was like, I don't know, it was just, Maybe it was just water. You know? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you know? it was just See, salt tomorrow you'll wake up and there'll be two pounds less. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just kind of right. But but we're we create these 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 we're really mean to ourselves, you know. Yeah. So I I um but and we don't have to be. And it is it is in our control, but I also don't want to like, you know, I, I, I wanna say that like with love and with liberation, not like you know, not like as in victim blaming, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you know? I think, I think it's, it's, that it's like, great. This is the opportunity. We can do this, you know, not like, oh, we're such losers. We should have been doing this all along. You know, it was yes. available to us to like be able to do this before. Well, maybe not, <laughs> but here we True. are today and we have the opportunity right now. So why not? Yes. Right? So why not? Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. This is, that's a great closing moment. Okay. Mariko, how do we get in touch with you? How do people that have businesses that want to be better in touch with their business and their financials and get curious about it and blow their businesses out of the water with your help? How do they reach you? What happens? Uh, all right. Well, the best way to find me is I'm on all the socials, although I'm probably sort of most active on, on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to work my LinkedIn thing better. <laughs> um, but my website, Mariko Gordon, so M-A-R-I-K-O-G-O-R-D-L-N.com. And I also have a weekly newsletter too. So I just started that. I'm on my, I just dropped issue number five and it was all about windfalls, like what, what to do, how we think we'd be happy when we have windfalls and how we often are not perfectly mm. legitimately not, and how back to the acceptance clarity action cycle, how we have to like 
sit with those feelings before we can actually get the clarity to figure out what we should do. Because otherwise, back to your earlier point about we make bad decisions when we're desperate or needy or emotionally triggered, right? Oh, yeah. And right? <laughs> That's when the tray brownies looks really good. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so we can do that with windfalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty well documented, actually. So, um, so anyway, that's the kind of thing that I write about. So it's, it's less about like, what do you, you know, how to invest your 401k and much more about how you should be thinking about your 401k, that kind of thing. So um, cool. How do we get, how do I get your, how do we get your newsletter? I have your newsletter, but how does somebody else get your newsletter on your website or Uh, on my website? Yeah. Under newsletter, there's a, there's, um, yeah, like whatever the last issue you can, you can subscribe or even on my essays, I have like often the blog part of it. I'll write essays. There's like how to subscribe to the newsletter. I actually need to do a better job of making all of that much more accessible, but, um, uh, but it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been interesting to think about money in more in, in, in more philosophical and spiritual ways. Um, because when you sort that out, then the, the tactics are, very easy and it's hmm. easy to take action which i think for a lot of us money decisions are very fraught and we get paralyzed very easily so hmm. um yeah. so you can find me in all the places that's so cool when you were running your investment firm did you think mm-hmm. about money this way or do you only like start thinking about money this way i just have to ask this question because i think it's so interesting oh, yeah um so the thing, I think what made me a very good portfolio manager actually was because I, um, I, I'm wired a little bit differently from, from, from people. I think most, most people who, who, who are, cause you have to be, you have to want to buy when everyone wants to sell, you know, you have to get nervous when everyone's like really euphoric. So you have to be wired a little, a little differently. And the thing about, um, the kind of investing that I did is that you were always wrong. So I got used to being wrong. I hold being wrong very lightly. I think that I built my capacity for failure because if you're right slightly more often than you're wrong um, and you're, you make more money when you're right than you lose when you're wrong, you're like doing a great job. Okay. So hmm. there's a lot of failure because just because you can be right in the long term, but, sh- but wrong in the short term. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're being marked to market all the time. Like the market's like pricing the stuff all the time. So, so my capacity for, I had to make a lot of decisions. Uh, I had to be wrong a lot of the time. I had to have strong conviction, but I had to hold it weakly in the sense that if there was a data point that was, that blew my thesis out of the water, I would, I had to turn on a dime. So these are all like qualities that my profession sort of cultivated in me. That is not mm-hmm. the kind of thing that that is typically cultivated in people's professional or lives, right? So um, uh, that that and the other thing about investing that I think could be really helpful in everyday life is I had to think in terms of a range of outcomes. So I had to separate process, like a good process to like make the investment decision, the investment case, from the outcome. Because I could have a really good process and a lousy outcome. And this process would show that there's kind of a range of things that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, is there a possibility that 
an asteroid would fall and like wipe out like, you know, manufacturing plant at this company? Sure. Okay. Is it a big probability? No. Right. So, but so I could have, do you, do you see what I mean? It's just like, you don't think of it as a single point. The stock is going to go up precisely 12% within six months. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be up 20 and it could be down 15. Right. Mm-hmm. These things could happen. These other things could also happen. These are the probabilities of this happening or that happening. Right. And the outcome is it's likely going to fall somewhere in this range. So you don't get less focused on like, it's got to be this one expected thing and much more. And you have to separate that you can have a great process and the stock could be a dog, but the work that you did in your analysis was correct. Sometimes the unlucky things happen, right? The, mm. the bad things happen. And I think sometimes we get so hung up in making a decision that we got to get the right decision that we forget that a decision really generates a possible range of outcomes. And mm. sometimes we make the right decision and we have a lousy outcome. It doesn't mean we made a bad decision. Mm. You guys, this bad. girl can help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that can be very freeing. So that's another thing that my profession really, really taught me, separate process from outcome. And, uh, you know, so it helps you hold whatever outcome happens you tend to be more accepting that, okay, this is the reality. This is the outcome. Now what? Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of, oh my God, this is this horrible outcome. And, you know, you, you, right. And you feel like you've been stabbed in the heart, right. It, it, you know, being stabbed in the heart was, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the lousy outcome was a possibility, right. And okay. The lousy thing happened, right. Okay. Right. You can sit with it, but then you can take action. It doesn't, it's less paralyzing because you're always seeing the world is always shifting. I don't know. That's helpful. <laughs> no, I mean, well, it makes perfect sense. And this is exactly what you're going to be like part. I'm sure you're going to take all these concepts and put yeah. them into your class too, because this is, this makes perfect sense. Like the way that yeah. you have your brain is now from all of your experience is yeah, that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect yeah. sense that you can you can just like see the big picture as yeah. opposed to yeah. like these little tiny things that just seem so paralyzing. It it oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna put all of her information in the show notes so you guys can okay. subscribe to her newsletter and sign up for her class and check out all of her blog posts and everything. She and she puts the best stuff on Facebook. It's just so oh. fun <laughs> reading all your stuff. So Mariko. Thank you so much for just being you and just being an amazing human and for being here on this podcast and for all of the love and support that you've given me through my entire time as a coach and for and as a friend. Oh my gosh, you guys, this girl means a lot to me. So thank you so much for being here, Marika. I really appreciate it. Well, I, this is my pleasure. And- yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. We're, we're, we're going to have so much fun with this, this concept of food and money. Oh same, yeah. Same mind games. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Oh, what same union, different local. That's how we should think of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It makes right, perfect sense. Thinking, different local food, money. Yeah. Yeah. But there it's the go. same. All right, thank the, you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Love. All right. I'm going to end. Ready? Thanks for listening to this episode of Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. And 
If you like what I shared today, you should also check out weightlossbybrittany.com for even more great weight loss tips, some of my favorite recipes and mindset tools that I use to lose 40 pounds. Once there, you can also book a free consultation with me, Brittany Kolb, your certified life and weight loss coach. 